said, since he had come to Healing Transitions, he had been eating almost exclusively from the salad bar, which that's where our, a lot of our produce goes, mm -hmm. and he had lost 50 pounds. And so he <laughs> was- Incredible. <laughs> Chris Budnick and uh, welcome to Voices from the Village. We're excited today to be joined by master gardeners who have been volunteering here for five years and um, the easy uh, kind of part of the introduction is it's Chris, Chris and Chris and Allison. <laughs> so anyways, Chris Clemens, say hello. Yes, hello. Good to be here. Thank you. Chris Wagner. Greetings. Happy to be here too. And Allison Northcutt. Northcutt. Hello, happy to be here. Yeah, so we started this podcast as a way to kind of help share stories and to help um, you know our supporters learn about uh, various groups or individuals in the community that intersect with healing transitions and make an impact upon our mission and our participants. And I know that you know our, our donors uh, and supporters very much like hearing about these different different groups. So, master gardeners have been involved here at Healing Transitions for five years, and I think it's first important for our listeners to know a little bit of the history of what a master what the master gardener program is in North Carolina, and what it takes to become a master gardener and what you do as a master gardener. Well, um, we're the Wake County. North Carolina State Extension Master Gardener Volunteers is our official title and basically we're a group of volunteers that are trained mostly by um, NC State professors. We go through a um, about eight month long training. We meet weekly and go to classes all morning and um, learn from these experts and by no means are we the experts but we know where to find the answers. and. Then in return, we owe back um, community hours. So we owe a minimum of 40 hours a year back and we have to attend meetings and education and things like that. And our goal is to just go out and share our knowledge and get other people in Wake County excited about gardening. And I'll let Chris talk a little bit. This this falls under our therapeutic horticulture oh, okay. aspect of that. So uh, Healing Transitions used to be considered a community garden, but really then given the nature of it that uh, it's more of a to promote the practice of horticulture therapy to improve human well-being we come under horticulture therapy and it's a field to know a lot about I don't know a lot about it but I know enough to, to represent um, and it it's common in institutions and rehabs and um, in hospitals um, and so we, we offer passive and active involvement it's the people that must walk through the garden every day, and then it's the ones who get to participate. To get their hands in the dirt. To get their hands in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Allison, do you have anything to add to that? No. Chris and Chris covered it. Well, I am the newest member of yeah. working in this garden. This is my third year. And Chris Clemens was my mentor for when I was in the class. So you get paired up with a mentor? We do as part of our training. We're in small little teams and we each team has a mentor. And so I've had a lot of great guidance and support from the two Chris's and what we're doing with our partnership here with Healing Transitions. So there's one parallel right there with the program here, the idea of mentoring and, and so forth. 
What got you interested in becoming master gardeners? Just just the love that comes from gardening, from uh -huh. growing things, the beauty, the relaxation, the, the therapy of it for all of us, I think. Yeah. And how long have you been a master gardener? Uh, 10, 11 years. Okay. <laughs> just to share the enthusiasm of gardening, I mean, it's a community that we, we get together and learn from one another uh, and share that common interest. How long have you been a master gardener? I think I'm eight years. Okay. And then the, the, the question that precedes that is how long have you been gardening and what got you interested in gardening? I've been gardening since I became a stay-at-home mom when I had my first child in 1992 and needed something to keep me busy besides a baby and started gardening and wanted fresh vegetables and, and healthy things yeah. to feed our kids. Oh, no, I, I grew up in an environment that my, my mother liked to garden, and, um, and I just always had a love for it. So I've been in and out of it over the course of my adult years, but always happiest in the garden. Yeah. And I've been gardening since I was a preschooler with my mother. She was a big influence on vegetable gardening, growing flowers in the summertime to cut and bring indoors. And so I've always had some aspect of gardening and I wanted to become a master gardener because I have a passion for the natural world and I wanted to be able to volunteer in the community and somehow give back to the community. And so this seemed to be a great fit for me. So it ties together an interest, a passion, and a desire to make the community a better place. How many master gardeners are there in Wake County? I think it's around 185 or so. Yeah. Yeah, so I was looking just online a little bit. And so 2019 is like the 40th year yes. of master gardening in, in North Carolina. Yes, that's correct. We're celebrating this year. Celebrate? Okay, what are some of the things you're doing to celebrate? We've had some interesting speakers and a new logo and, and um, raising awareness whenever mm -hmm. we're doing talks with garden clubs or community groups or out at the farmers market where we have a little booth out there on Saturdays to answer questions and give advice and encouragement. Um, at the fair in fall we will have a Ask a Master Gardener booth that seems to be very popular. We're there out the whole time the fair is in town. Mm -hmm. So it's just a way to raise awareness about our organization so that people know where they can go for help and advice. I imagine there's a more benefits than just sharing kind of gardening knowledge and experience with one another. Is there a real kind of community that's developed because of the Master Gardeners? Oh yes, yeah. Great friendships, lifelong friendships of fellow gardeners so we don't for our husbands to death, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and even our objective is to get out into the community and educate, but at the same time, we are we get to learn as we go. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get I get more out of it than I give, um, as far as knowledge and of you know vegetables and perennials and whatever I might be interested in. Um, so it's, it goes hand in hand the the giving back and the lear the learning that we get to receive. So I'm not, I've been with the organization since our inception, but not, I was in a very different role uh, prior to 2016. 
the uh, realtor foundation that did the garden, were they the ones who pulled you guys in or did somebody yes eat? okay yes they were yeah yeah they funded the garden yeah. did the design and and they one of the realtors wives was a master gardener gotcha and they needed help on what to grow and and how to do the actual planting yeah and so she came in and then I joined her in 2014 so what what were um, any like like coming here when you heard you were coming here how did what you've experienced match up to what you expected and that may you know you may not have had any expectations but a lot of times people I was excited to come here I have a, a brother-in-law that has has tried to maintain recovery and has not been able to do that mm -hmm. and I know how hard that is and I was just excited that there was a place in Wake County that offered this type of mm -hmm. service and I was just excited to see what it was all about and honestly it just really surpassed all my expectations working with these guys they are hard workers mm -hmm. and the women at the women's site I mean we we haven't made of all the other gardens in my opinion in Wake County because we come once a week and you know we give them advice on what to do and they do it and they do it really well with a big heart and they're just open to learning it's been and, and the staff everybody here has been amazing so you anticipated having to do more work than you? That's our experience and not because of the type of institution or place this is, but because that's our experience in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get someone to commit to the garden. Yeah. You know, people change jobs, yeah. life changes happen, and the person, the teacher that loved the garden retires. Yeah. So we seem to have a better on, ongoing, regular person to work with here. And how long have you been at the women's doing the garden? Our third year, third year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that was really Allison's idea when she oh, really? was in training. Oh wow! And uh, she kind of asked me as her mentor, "How come we do this at the men's and not at the women's?" And I said, "Wow, good question." And that got that ball rolling. <laughs> so, fist bump. <laughs> so we went out and looked at the site at the women's center. Saw they had a garden space with raised beds but they had no plants yeah. so we came up with a proposal about what we could partner with the women's campus and do and presented it to their staff and got their feedback and then we were off and running and that's been a great experience we've worked with some wonderful women over there who are very inspiring because they're very committed in their recovery and so to see someone with that kind of commitment is I personally find that to be very inspiring mm -hmm. and and reaffirming about what people can do mm -hmm. how did this match up with any expectations that you may have had coming here I didn't really have a lot of expectations I was so new to the master gardening program I was out to try to find out all the different kinds of programs across the county that the Master Gardeners support. Um, but with my about background in healthcare, I was very interested in what Healing Transitions provides for a program for recovery. And it just seemed like a good thing to find out. And then when I found out that Chris, my mentor as a student was one of the site leaders out here well that just pretty much cemented for me this is a place i wanted to start 
I, I teach a class at NC State in the Department of Social Work since 2002 on addiction and recovery. And so one of the things, you know, students are asked to come tour here, and I'm usually asking, how did this match up with your expectations? And um, a lot of times the students are expecting it to be dirty, to feel unsafe, to, um, you know, when they hear a homeless shelter with a recovery program and so forth. Or their expectation is that it's going to be kind of depressing and so forth. And then they come here and they see a courtyard that's been designed by Thomas Sayer. They see the grounds, but more importantly, they see the people and the people are friendly and hopeful and very courteous and, um, you know, taking, you know, responsibility for themselves and, and challenging themselves to grow in ways that, you know, many people find difficult to, to do. So that's a little bit why I kind of asked that, that question and people don't quite, until they've been here and, and had that experience interacting with folks in this space, it's a little bit hard for them to sometimes understand that. So what are some of the things that, that you've gained or uh, that you've experienced with working with the participants here? The interaction that we have is usually with uh, one to two, what we call the scarecrows, and yeah. they are assigned uh, to help us be, be our contacts and um, Chef Kathy, they, t they typically work in the kitchen um, under Chef Kathy and we coordinate with Chef Kathy and on what we grow. Um, and, but there are the people that just walk through the garden that want to tell you about what their grandmother grew or they ask questions about the different plants and um, are, are usually, and in this memorial garden, have, have such nice things to say about the, the place that this um, how this has played out in their recovery as a space for for um, quiet reflection, um, and so there's there's a lot of hope here, and uh, it's it's a journey, and um, but it's just there it's a positive healing community uh, environment, and, and it's it's so uh, rewarding to be a part of creating that. The testimonials that I've heard from various participants in the program have been amazing to me. It reinforces that some things that you do that you think are little and won't have an impact, in fact, are very impactful. And an example of that is one day we were here on our weekly check-in and um, talking with the scarecrow and doing a little weeding, etc. This fellow walked up to thank us about what we were doing also in the vegetable garden because he said since he had come to Healing Transitions, he had been eating almost exclusively from the salad bar, which that's where our, a lot of our produce goes, mm -hmm. and he had lost 50 pounds. And so he, was, he was really grateful for the fresh vegetables that were coming and for the amount of caring and energy that we were putting into the garden, I think he felt like there were people out there who really cared about him. You raise an important point. One of the things that we've done um, over the last, I mean, really kind of like five years, there's been more community interaction. So master gardeners, some of the workout groups, faith community, and whenever somebody from the community comes here and interacts with the participants, one of the benefits that I see 
is, uh, for many folks, whether they're aware of it or not, there can often be this um, apprehension about how will I be accepted in society. You know, I've stopped using, uh, I've accomplished that, but I've got gaps in my, uh, my work history or I've got a criminal background. Um, you know, uh, will I be accepted? You know, will I, you know, it's very uncomfortable to go and, you know, try to explain when you're applying for a job why you haven't worked in a while or why you have this charge. And, you know, like each time you do that, you're kind of re-experiencing this, this part of your past that you don't feel very good about. But to encounter folks from the community who are supportive and treat you just like any other person can help give people some confidence for when they get ready to go out and have those other conversations uh, when they're looking for work and, you know, will, will I have a place in this society? So that stuff is really important. And, um, and, I, and also hearing you say that, like, uh, this individual lost weight, he started eating from the salad bar. And it just also reflects that the community garden, or the, the, the gardens that we have here, has um, created a more holistic approach to people's well-being and, and the changes that are happening in their life. And we also hope those changes that they see and, and things they learn, whether they were observing what was going on or working with us as, as in the scarecrow position. We really hope some, some of the people will take that back to their families and their communities mm -hmm. and maybe start their own gardens mm -hmm. or help neighbors. Mm -hmm. So it's really something that we hope they are gaining some insight and skills and are able to take with them and then pass along. And I think we heard that with Paul that we worked with one summer when we saw him not too long ago. He was so excited to tell us about his little herb garden. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and he was growing things. And, and so to take that whole kind of process a step forward. So we talked about uh, the interactions, giving people a chance to feel like maybe I'll be accepted in the community and so forth. Like the ultimate level is when people are looked at as being assets to the community like I have gifts that I can bring to this community and so forth so hearing you describe that hope of being able to take what you've learned here and then share it with someone else you know like that's the ultimate thing when people get into recovery yeah they're no longer kind of a burden but they really can do much more than that they have so much that they can offer and so forth We'd love to see them become master gardeners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So for our listeners, um, Scarecrow, one of the things I like about Healing Transitions is there's a, a certain degree of creativity that exists here. And we have jobs that are um, elected positions or sometimes they're positions that you apply for and they often get uh, creative names. So we have cat daddy here which is a position that supervises uh, the welfare of the uh, four cats we have at the men's campus and for women's they have the catfish mama because they have a fish tank that they're responsible <laughs> for um, so scarecrow was the name that was given to the position that would be assigned to, to work in in the garden so for our listeners, just a little clarification, it's a, it's a person, not an actual scarecrow. <laughs>
I've been talking to our public relations media person. I'm saying, you know, they get a lot of press over there next to us, especially when the sunflowers come out. So we get some pretty good sunflowers and some pretty good stuff over here. So we're hoping that we'll be able to run a story saying, hey, just right next door, here's what we got going on. Can you describe for the listeners what things are in the garden and in the memorial garden? In the in the vegetable garden? Yeah. Vegetable garden, people should stop by and see it. It's beautiful. It's more than just a vegetable garden. Um, we have we grow things for the salad bar. So there's tomatoes and cucumbers and onions. And here we are growing beans and melons. But around the vegetable gardens are beautiful flowers everywhere. And it's so it's a really nice place as well to sit. And then the new layer added with the memorial garden is, is absolutely gorgeous, a peaceful place. And I'll let Allison, she's been responsible for designing that with another master gardener. So in the memorial garden, our aim is to make it a four season garden because here with our climate, all during the year, people can come outside and, and use this space. So we are emphasizing native perennials, not exclusively, but a majority of the plants we want to be native perennials to support the native wildlife. Bees and other pollinators, butterflies, birds with seeds. So we've pretty much accomplished that, although we're always learning what does well in this space and what may need to be replaced or we need more of. But right now we have blooming in this garden. We have the oak leaf hydrangea. We have echinacea or cone flowers. We have coreopsis. We have scabiosa or pincushion flower. We have sedum that is blooming. And soon uh, blooming will be Rebecca or black-eyed Susans. We also have catmint that is blooming. And we even have a chrysanthemum that is blooming. <laughs> a bit early, perhaps, but we're going to shave it in another couple of weeks, and we should get a fall flush. We also put in a few annuals just so we have those spots of colors over the whole summer into the fall. But we have gotten a lot of feedback that people really seem to like and the space and like spending time in this area. So, you know, that's our one of our greatest rewards is to hear that. Similar um, plannings at the women's or are there different flowers? Well, Kristen speak to the vegetables. Um, yeah, we have a little bit of a different plan at the women's. We yeah. have the, the raised beds, which we have the same vegetables, basically. Mm -hmm. But then we've tried to add the, the um, theme of inviting the children, because sometimes yeah. the children visit their moms on the weekends. And so we've made what we call a pizza garden. We've made what we call a taco garden. And those just have, have those things that you would find, like on a taco bar. And then we have a butterfly garden with parsley and dill and, and sunflowers and zinnias in that. And our newest garden there, we're really trying to focus on the children and even put together some little backpack activities that will encourage them with their moms. They can just take them out of this chest we have and to get into the garden and explore with their mom when they visit to create a really fond memory of visiting mom during a difficult time. Wow. You guys are real creators. <laughs> well, I, 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 one thing to add. 
um, for the record, uh, everything that we grow in, on the vegetable side, we weigh. And last year, we grew over 1,800 pounds of vegetables. So that's exciting. And, and we'll probably do better this year. Uh, I just have that feeling about how things are looking. Um, so that's, that's what the scarecrows do. They weigh everything that is pulled. Um, and today we were pulling onions, um, Hundreds which of will onions. probably only They're last gorgeous. you a couple days, <laughs> but we're excited. We think they look like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that's how we measure, you know, yeah, and, and I love that is, is meaningful. Probably, and I'm glad you brought that up because probably one of the first times that uh, I was really struck by what was going on was, I think it was during a community cookout maybe two years ago. And, and Paul was out there and he was telling visitors all about the garden so fluent I mean you know and he was saying things like this is how much we've you know pulled from the garden and weight and this is you know I mean he, he provided these statistics that were just and the way he talked about it was and that, that was the first time that I really I mean I had two things that were impressed upon me then and one I was super impressed with Paul and two, I was super impressed with the impact of the Master Gardeners on the programming and the culture here. Yeah. Thank you. What it's just been an incredible experience and all of us have been to, to some of your silver chip ceremonies, yeah. which I think everyone should have an opportunity. I think everyone has someone that struggles with addiction or is in recovery, mm -hmm. so I think everyone could relate. but. There's a, it's a, almost a parental pride feeling to see someone that you've worked with for three months, six months, silver chip, yeah. and enter into the community and have a job and have their family there, and yeah. just really, really meaningful. We're, we're happy to be here. Yeah. What do you think of the beehives? <laughs> Love the beehives. Uh, Kurt showed them to me soon after he first got them. He's very enthusiastic about becoming a certified beekeeper. Uh -huh. And we practice sustaining methods. We're not fully certified as being totally organic, but those are the principles that we follow. So anything that can be done to help facilitate the environment and the growth of these plants, we're really happy about. Mm -hmm. And it struck me with Kirk, he is so excited about those bees. It just made my heart happy to see I mean, I think he might have even said this is the most excited I've been about anything in a while. He's so enthusiastic. And, and he is in the garden too. He's always an encourager yes. to us. Yeah. And he's a great partner. We will talk about things when we see potential problems or what should we do here and there. And we definitely collaborate and you know, offer suggestions and talk about what other options we may have. So he, he's been absolutely wonderful too work with. And he'll do things that a lot of people don't want to do. If we suggest your rose bush is diseased and you need to pull it out, a lot of people just don't want to do that. And he will listen. You know, we we did our due diligence and made sure it really was diseased and then he took them out. That's what had to happen. And and I think that um, we're willing to be flexible because we, we need to be flexible given the nature of your clients in, the, in this community. And there, there is some turnover. There are some times when um, our scarecrow, there's been a relapse or somebody's, something's happened. And, um, but we understand that. And um, 
but the continuity of our coming weekly, we're still able to maintain and you provide us with somebody to work with. And um, But there, there, is that, there is that element of um, making the plans, not the results, mm-hmm. you know, in, in working um, with the people here, but uh, a good cooperative effort on your part. And, um, and it, it's been working for us. And that's why we stay. That's why we keep coming back. <laughs> and that's you know so much of life, right? You yeah. make your plans, and you can't plan the results. What what's some of the reactions that you've seen uh, from some of the newer scarecrows when they've experienced their first harvest or their first success? I mean, I could speak about last week at the women's. We had the best time. We planted potatoes for the first time ever, and um, actually. Um, one of the people that works there, Gina, her little boy planted the potatoes. Uh, And so he was able to come out and harvest with the master gardeners and some of the participants over there. And I have harvested a lot of potatoes. They were like children, all of them. The child in all of the master gardens. I never harvested potatoes. It was a big harvest and it was beautiful. And it was just, it it made me so happy to see how excited they were to dig up this five-gallon bucket full of potatoes from this very small space. Yeah. So it's exciting to see. Yeah. And today we had, um, just between last week and, and today, we planted okra seeds, and, and they came up, and the, and the beans started climbing, and I mean, because we had such a wet week, but there was a significant difference, and we have two new scarecrows, because it's really a more than one person can do. We're ramping up yeah. for harvesting. Um, t- tomatoes especially are going to come on strong, um, but their eyes their eyes got big when they were, you know, paying attention to what every day is their job to come out and look, and they, they're amazed. They're amazed. Yeah, I love that one of the things that happens here is people get a chance to really be a part of what goes on here, and sometimes, like, leave a lasting mark. The people that help lay the brick for, you know, the memorial garden, the folks that helped, uh, you know, set up the tables out in the courtyard. There's just always people who are doing things that it's like they can come back and say, hey, I helped do that, or I helped, you know. And there's a, and it does, it makes people feel... Uh, Ownership. Oh, yeah, and, and sense of pride yeah. and so forth. It's a community. It's a really nice community here. Have you seen the movie Jeepers Creepers? I don't think so. <laughs> that was a bad scarecrow. Uh, yeah. But we have good scarecrows. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have two very willing men helping us now. And mm-hmm. I, I tell them, to stick around for the miracle. Yeah. <laughs> One of the questions we're asking for this season is, are there any books that you're reading that have been especially impactful or that you recommended to a family member or a friend? Well, we've just been, we've had some guest speakers like Allison mentioned that are, are, or Chris mentioned, you know, some special guest speakers. And the past two months, both of them have talked about Elizabeth Lawrence and all of her books about the garden. So I have not read any, but I'm very inspired and have found two of those. I think the main one was a Southern garden. Several were mentioned. So like for friends and family that like to garden or for people listening that like to garden, I would look for some of her books. Because she's from... She lived in Raleigh, in Charlotte. Yes. So mm-hmm. she's local. Elizabeth Lawrence. Yeah. Okay. She was the first woman to graduate from NC State in the landscape architecture program in the 1930s. Holy moly. And her house 
is near the corner of, I think it's um, Hillsboro and, well, near where the old IHOP was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's farmhouse fraternity now. Yeah. And so she has um, a definite Raleigh basis and influence and then moved to Charlotte and she was a columnist for the Charlotte Observer for a number of years. So she's had a big influence in North Carolina. That's why we do this, to learn these little <laughs> gems, you know? Yeah, she's a good one. Mm-hmm. Anything when you find yourself uh, in a little bit of a rut, anything, any tips for how you get out of it? I go into my garden. I figured that was <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. That was. <laughs> That's where you'll find me. It's my therapy. It's my happy place. Yeah. yeah. Digging in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Any, and these are just, uh, you know, like your personal gardening, any uh, favorite things that you have to, to plant and to watch bloom? And I'm, forgive me for being such a garden novice, but if I'm using the wrong well, terms. Well, I think we're all different in that. Yeah. I, I love the vegetables, and that's really been my main thing. Aside for me is, is the flowers and those, which I enjoy too. But I, I'm kind of crazy fanatic with tomatoes and grow a lot of heirloom tomatoes. Okay. Yeah. I have more experience with the vegetables, but I'm learning about the, the perennials and the other makeup of the garden. Um, right now, I'm uh, knee-deep in basil, making pesto, so right. <laughs> I'm having a good, good time with that, seasonal, seasonal fun. And I like to have tomatoes and basil in my garden, but my garden is mainly perennials, and I'm putting more emphasis on native perennials and attracting that kind wildlife. So perennials are something that come every year? They come back every year. The foliage and the stems and leaves may die down or fall off over the course of the winter, but the roots are still viable. And so in the late winter, early spring, those warm days that we have in late February, early March, you will see new growth coming out. And to me, the garden in a way is a microcosm for life because it is a cycle that we all go through with maybe having difficult times, but through perseverance and commitment, we get through them. And, you know, we have our own growth spurts. I, I can hear my mom groaning that I don't know the answers to these questions, but an, an annual is something that you plant each year? Yes, and <laughs> plants can be annuals in one climate, but be perennial in another. So for example, here in the Raleigh area, there are plants that they just won't live throughout winters. Yeah. The roots die, they're not going to come back. But in Florida, South Florida, that plant may be a perennial. And a lot of our annuals we've planted, like in the butterfly garden, will seed and come back, like the dill, mm-hmm. right? And the, mm-hmm. I think the parsley is every other year. Well, uh, Bear and I like photography, and I know both of us have very much enjoyed taking pictures of the labor that you and the scarecrows have put in. So have we. Just see my phone. <laughs> what are the most irritating things about gardens? These could be the things that are threats to gardens. Probably here, um, for many, most people, is deer, would you say? Deer and moles and moles seem to be a... And that's, we haven't had any trouble with that in your garden, thanks to your four resident cats. Yes. <laughs> and at the women's, you added a, a fence 
we had to close that fence. Well, because, the fence was there, but we but you had to close the gate. We added the gate because they weren't closing it. Chef, there's chef over there. I don't think it's chef Kathy likes the to feed the deer. And they and, and nobody would believe me that they were going to eat the garden. And uh -huh. then one of our we were working with Julie, she was fantastic. She was so excited. The broccoli heads were this big, and we came back and they had eaten every one of them. So then everybody got on board and we and got a gate. One of your guys came soil. over and put up the gate for us. One of one of our people that was in the program here yeah. put it up. But yeah, that was the end of because we they sit on Umstead Forest. Yeah, we knew it was a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah, we get a lot of wildlife over there. Mm-hmm. Over here, we're tickled. You should have a look at your blueberries. Oh, okay. We kind of told the guys that could be their little secret because there's only two bushes, just never going to feed your crowd. Yeah. But most blueberries, the birds get. Yeah. But because it's right by your where your guys sit, the birds are not going to go over there. Mm. Or maybe for your cats again. And they're ready now. They're ready. They're delicious. Yeah. Fat. Some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we love our cats. I love your cats. I think that's wonderful, yeah. Cats, yeah. Part of the balanced community. And therapy, yeah. Furry friends. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, thank you for what you do. Thanks for helping make our uh, men's and women's campuses better and for making uh, a difference in the lives of the, of the folks that are here. It really is very impactful and meaningful. That's a two-way street as well. Yes, yep. thank you. You explain to the audience how you've been doing this interview this entire time. Oh, I've been. <laughs> we we wanted to do the interview outside, so we're sitting in our memorial garden. I have the worst view because I'm looking at the parking lot. <laughs> you guys are looking back. Describe what you see. Serenity of the waterfall, surrounded by the plants. Uh, it's just eye candy. <laughs> just. The colors and the growth and the, it's so vital. So we came out here to do the interview and um, it got real dark above and we felt a couple drops. So I remembered seeing a umbrella behind the kitchen that's a little bit too large to get into the table here. So I've been <laughs> holding the umbrella in place over everyone uh, and kind of moving from side to side <laughs> of the pole to, to talk to our listeners, our, our guests. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate Thank that. <laughs> Voices from the Village is hosted by Chris Budnick and produced by Bear McBride. Music is by Vibe Tracks. Special thanks to Chris Clemens, Chris Wagner, Ellison Northcutt, and the NC State Extension Master Gardener Volunteers. For more information about the Master Gardeners, visit their website at emgv.ces.ncsu.edu. Healing Transitions is a nonprofit recovery program for homeless, uninsured, and underserved individuals struggling with alcoholism and other drug addictions in Wake County, North Carolina. For more information, visit our website at healing-transitions.org. That's healing-transitions.org. <laughs>